Hello, and welcome back to episode six of the Living Scent Equipping Podcast. Congratulations, you've made it all the way to episode six. Chandler and I are so glad you're here today. Chandler, why don't you remind everyone where we've been? Yes, that sounds like a good idea. So we started off talking with Pastor Harold from Christian Love Fellowship about the importance of cultivating our hearts towards mission and what it looks like to have a heart like God does for for the lost. And from there, we talked about what it looks like to, to be missional and to live sent in the specific context in which God has has sent us and, and put us in. And we talked with Jeffo about what it looks like to do that. In episode three, we talked about what it looks like for in that context to transition to spiritual conversations with people. We talked with Pastor Joel Vanderskell about uh, all of the seemingly weirdness uh, and awkwardness and the way to get past that and through that uh, and talk about spiritual things. And as you do that, then you want to share about who Jesus is, what he's done and how he's impacting your life. And we got a chance to talk with Hannah Witte about what it looks like to do that with people who are spiritually interested in our lives. And last episode, we took all of that and thought about what it can look like to do all of those things with other people. And Gia Stanley joined us for that to talk about uh, everything having to do with that. And now we are here. Um, and what's cool is that we're pretty much at the point where you who are listening, who, who have been listening, you have, you have everything you need to be able to go and share the gospel, to live sent where you are. Um, but that might raise the question of why is there an episode six <laughs> if the first five episodes were for that? Sarah Marie, why is there an episode six? There is an episode six because realistically you have all the skills that you need to do this, but do you have the vision for boldness? Do you have the vision for courage? Um, are you willing to share the gospel with others and tell them what Jesus has done for you and what he's doing now? And so we thought, who's someone we know that has boldness and faith in this area? And we invited Ryan Bondi to join us today. Yeah. So welcome, Ryan. You can say something so people know you're here. Yes. I'm sorry. I've been here the whole time uh, <laughs> listening, uh, not saying anything, but yeah, I'm here. I'm excited to be here and talking about, about courage and yeah. boldness to actually share. Yeah. So the reason why we thought of you when we were talking about this topic for the last episode is because uh, both of us have had conversations with you about how you think the biggest barrier to us actually sharing the gospel is that, yeah, we just lack the courage or we lack the boldness. We're afraid. Um, we're afraid of doing mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And you think it's important uh, to talk about that. You want to talk a little into why you think that's like the biggest barrier, why you think that's important? Yeah. Um, actually, for a couple months, I've been, I've been noticing... Um, just a movement of of more people being spiritually interested around our church and when i think about people being equipped to pursue spiritual conversations and share the gospel and share their story um to grow in in burden you know for those people around them who don't yet know jesus 
Um, you know, I was thinking about how do we equip people well? How can we actually give people what they need to go out into their networks and and tell people about who Jesus is, what he's done, how he's impacting their lives? And hilariously, some of the most uh, bold, the most courageous people and people who have some of the biggest burden for the loss that um, that I know, actually, I saw them not taking the steps to go and share with those people. And I was kind of shocked because there were, there were some people, some stories I'd noticed where it was very clear fears were coming up, relational fears and insecurities coming up Mm -hmm. that were holding them back from pursuing conversations with spiritually interested people around them. Even, even one of the more gifted evangelists uh, since these conversations I had with both of you, one of the most gifted evangelists I know I had a conversation with and they even just talked about how fear holds them back. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- these things, it's great to have all these tools and this equipping and this knowledge of how to have spiritual conversations, share the gospel, share your story. That's great. But if you don't have the courage to do it, it's not going to happen. So that's why I think it's the most important. I Before we move on, I just, the, what came to mind is I even yesterday from the time of recording this, I, I was walking around and praying for uh the gospel to go out on our campus and and the lord just kept bringing to mind like my own uh feeling of like feeling hypocritical at times of being this person who's like on the live sent podcast who's like trying to lead people into mission but i often find myself in the same place where i have an opportunity but i'm just afraid to go and do that so i'm excited about this to mm-hmm. hopefully be encouraged and built up myself mm-hmm. uh, but also wanted to say that in terms of someone who's out there listening, who who's listening and may, may feel like, oh yeah, I, I am that person. I'm, yeah. I'm afraid to do this. Um, yeah, me too. I would say my faith and my thoughts about the Lord are the most important thing about me. And I still have insecurities and I still am hesitant and fearful. And I think that, um, we're not alone. We're normal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ryan, for someone who's sitting out there right now mm-hmm. thinking, I, I'm that person. You mm-hmm. have any, but we're going to hopefully all of this can be uh, uh, encouragement to them. But, mm-hmm. but any initial thoughts for that person who may be feeling like, yeah, I am that. And maybe I don't want to be, but that's mm-hmm. where I find myself right now. I mean, find comfort in the fact that realistically, everyone is that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, my the examples, the reason why I was, I think this is the most important is because some of the most bold and courageous and missionally envisioned and gifted people I know also wrestle with this. So it's like, even if you have those gifts and God has made you to carry a unique passion about that, you are not devoid of fear or caring about other things in your life that might threaten uh, how much you're willing to go out and be bold and courageous and share with people. Mm -hmm. And if you're not particularly gifted by God in that instead in other things, then even the most gifted people have those issues. Like obviously we will too. I I don't feel gifted in this. Um, I definitely feel more in the, the shepherd teaching environment. And so maybe that's why 
you know, it makes sense to me that I might be here talking about helping people take courageous yeah, steps. Yeah, you can be faith. the one to come and tell people to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Versus like hearing from someone who's particularly gifted, and and you might think, oh, that comes really naturally to them, and in some ways it does, but they're not without fear. None of us are, and so we're all on the same playing field. To that person who struggles with that, this is this is an act of faith for me to. Mm-hmm. To talk about this and to remember and be reminded that there are more important things. There are uh, more important things than my fears and things that hold me back. Um, you know, perfect love casts out casts out fear, and we're called to to be loving. And so that's that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's name some of those fears, just so everyone feels seen in that. And I I want to acknowledge that. There is a its own uniqueness to feeling like you're bad at something that we're commanded to do or called to do. Hmm. Um, and my my first thought on that is just you know remembering whose you are. And so the fear that comes from that is what if I say the wrong thing? What if I don't have all the answers? Hmm. What if I'm not eloquent when I'm sharing mm-hmm. them? And so those are three fears that we often hear from people who feel like they're quote unquote bad at sharing their faith. Yeah. I mean, I recently heard from someone, they they said they were afraid that they would say the wrong thing, like regarding the gospel, like what the gospel is communicate it in some way as if what their faith might be, be in by their telling them is not true. Um, which that's weighty. That's really weighty when you're when you've been given the the good news of the gospel, um, you know that information, you know that relationship, and you want to share that with people, but you feel like your ability to do that, um, you just have a fear of, of doing something wrong. Hopefully, some of the other podcasts would be helpful to that end, and you guys have been able to listen and hear about that and know some of that information. But that fear does that doesn't mean the fear is going to go away, mm-hmm. and so I think that's that makes sense. Yeah, when I think about that one in particular like what if i say the wrong thing what what i think of is the there's like a a layer beneath that right it's not just i'm well maybe maybe there's just a i don't want to say the wrong thing and look dumb but there's also a a layer beneath it of like i could like screw this up for this person too Mm -hmm. um i feel that Mm -hmm. uh, especially Mm -hmm. with people who i'm closer to i think yeah um just in putting pressure on myself towards i i love this person Mm -hmm. and i would love for them to know jesus in the Mm -hmm. way that i do what if i say something that you know not only the fears of relational difference but like Mm -hmm. i say something wrongly and now it affects how they view who god is Mm -hmm. yeah um and so uh yeah even at that deeper level that can can be a Mm -hmm. a fear as well Mm -hmm. Or if they ask you a question that you don't know the answer to, you know, I mean, honestly, some of the, some of the big questions about the world and about life and, and faith, um, you know, people are used to listening to, uh, you know, sermon or from a pastor or from someone who's an expert in theology or something. And even then it's hard to remember exactly what it was. And so to be able to say that is, can be a daunting thing to have a question asked, especially when you might see like online a number of hard questions being asked or or people being frustrated or angry. And Mm -hmm. you don't want to get into that kind of, that kind of conversation. But I mean, even in hearing that, I have to say what's interesting to me about the fear of saying the wrong thing 
is what if you did say the wrong thing? Like, is that greater than the Lord? Yeah. I mean, like, can the Lord do something with that first of all? But even like, there's some premise about spiritual conversations that uh, people have, I think that's like, this is my one shot. This is like my one shot. Like it's so hard to have a spiritual conversation. So here's my one window of opportunity to share. And what if, what if I miss my one shot? What if I, you know, say the wrong thing? I, that's, that pressure makes sense to me, but also it doesn't like, I felt that pressure, but I just, I kind of want to get rid of that, that premise of like, there's a massive pressure for this, like one moment. Like, why couldn't, why couldn't someone just say, Hey, you know what? I've actually been thinking since our conversation. And I just wanted to share with you something that I realized or, you know, I, and just get back and have another conversation yeah. and ask for it. That requires boldness and courage too. Yeah. Um, and to know how to have spiritual conversation. But the great thing is once you have a spiritual conversation with someone, it's very easy to say, you know, I was thinking of that conversation we had about faith and the Bible mm-hmm. or this topic or that topic. And I just want to circle back. I realized something I said that I, I actually think I, I don't really believe. And I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. What do you think about that? And there you go. You're in a second spiritual conversation. Like that's yeah. a two for one. Yeah. So maybe you should say the wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think the not power, intentionally. Yeah. The power and the beauty of I don't know is that it's not a conversation ender. It's mm-hmm. an invitation, even of like want to look in that into that together. Mm-hmm. Or would you mind if I do some reading and like we talk about this again? Yeah. Versus feeling like you have to know everything or have the right answers. If I feel like I have to know everything before I share the gospel, then I'm never going to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. If I feel like I have to be able to answer everything perfectly in that moment, Mm -hmm. then that's a temptation to lie or obscure the gospel. And it's hard to trust Jesus in that if it depends on you, if you feel that pressure. Yeah. And I do, I do think that fear is when I am putting more pressure on myself than allowing the Lord to be who he is. Yeah. And if you ask for that follow-up conversation and they don't want to have it, then I just would say, I don't, I don't think they're that spiritually interested and that's okay. Like you, you can move on or you can, you can keep praying for that person. Keep Um, being friends with them and relationship with them, depending Mm -hmm. on how it was before. But yeah. mm -hmm. But, and I've, and I've had that before where I've had someone where I pursue spiritual conversation with, and they really just said they weren't interested and then months later they were like yeah so i've been listening to hillsong lately i'm like wait what the last conversation <laughs> i had was you're kind of shutting me down and now yeah. this is happening and the lord was just i mean it was not prompted by a person the lord yeah. was softening their heart and they eventually ended up uh accepting jesus which was really exciting so things can change but i think um if you if you want to circle back and pursue those conversations and that you don't have to be afraid of them not wanting it just because then then they weren't that interested in the first place and that's okay yeah yeah i think our god is not the god of the limited time only offer or right. the one time only offer like there's nothing in his word that would communicate to me that he would have this like oh you missed this one chance and now you're never going to hear right. the gospel and right. you're never going to come to know me if anything it's helpful for me to think about myself as a small part mm-hmm. in the bigger story. Like Bible talks about someone plants the seed, someone waters the seed, someone cares for it. Yeah. Like my, my role, like yours, Ryan might just be to like start those thoughts mm-hmm. and be praying for that person and not taking the weight of it on and choosing to rely on the Lord. Yeah. Someone's even got to start 
tilling up the soil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have this group of, of fears that to me, they all center around this idea of, of what if I mess this up? What if I say something wrong? What if I do something wrong? And first of all, as we, as we said, those are, those are real fears and it makes sense um, that we might put that, that sort of weight on ourselves. And there's more fears that we're going to touch on. But before we do that, I thought it could be good to say, what, what does the gospel say about those things? How can we either share the gospel with a friend who's experiencing these things or how can we remain in the gospel ourselves in those? So Ryan or Sarah Marie, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts for someone experiencing that. What, how do we remain in the gospel there? Yeah, it's a little tough for me because I haven't really said anything that I've ever regretted before. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, this happens all the time where uh, I need to, I walk away from a situation realizing that I didn't speak clearly about something or I've said something wrong. And in that moment, I I really need to believe that that Jesus is the powerful one and I am not, that for his purposes of of redeeming and saving people, I can be a part of that, but it doesn't depend on me. It depends on him. And Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that the God who died for me is powerful enough to cover my sin and and cover for my mistakes. And I actually can't really prevent his, his will. I can't really prevent Mm -hmm. his, his, his saving of people. Mm -hmm. And so can I grow and be a part of that, you know, in different ways? Absolutely. But it's helpful for me to remember that he is the one who saves, not me. And that takes the pressure off, allows me to step out in faith rather than this fear and insecurity of, oh, I've got to say all the right things. Otherwise, they're not, I'm not going to get them to believe the right things. That's not what's really going on here. I'm trying to tell them about the good news I have. And if I'm not believing it in that moment, how am I going to really demonstrate that to them? So that's how yeah. I'd answer that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Anything to add, Sarah Marie? I would say God's grace is sufficient for you and his power is made perfect in your weakness. And Jesus has an exchange with the disciples where they essentially are like, Ooh, I don't know if I know enough. What about this? And he's like, you're not going to know. And I'm not going to tell you, but you still need to go do this thing. (laughs) And that's comforting to me in the like lineage of believers that Mm -hmm. the disciples who spent time with the Lord were like, Ooh, I don't know if I can do this or if I'm equipped to do this. Mm -hmm. So I think, be comforted by that and know that you're not greater than the Lord. And so you can't derail anyone's path of salvation. Like Ryan saying, like, you're just not God. You can't do that. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it comes across, right? Like you can feel, you can sense when someone you're talking to is feeling anxious and Mm -hmm. afraid, Uh, especially if it's someone, you know, you can tell in their tone of voice, their demeanor, their eye contact, what, if they're feeling something different, And if you're stepping into these spiritual conversations with a posture of fear and insecurity that really stemming from you trusting in yourself Mm -hmm. instead of Jesus, that's going to come across and, and people can see that. And and in some ways it it lacks, you know, honesty and integrity because that's not how we want to carry ourselves. We want to be remaining in the gospel as we're communicating about the gospel. So I think it's important to remember there's so much more power in us believing the gospel as we're having these conversations than us believing in ourselves and our ability as we have these conversations. So honestly, I think it's just like repenting, <laughs> repenting in that, like trusting in ourselves. And instead, what does it look like yeah. knowing that you might be in those conversations, just asking the Lord, Lord, would you move? Would you move in this conversation independent of the things that I say, Lord, you're the powerful one. And just 
throw up that prayer while you're, you know, while you're in conversation and Mm -hmm. trust him. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is great. Um, So yeah, we, we have that group of fears and questions that can come up that are more about like kind of doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's another group of fears and questions that come up that have to do more with the relational aspect of it. And Mm -hmm. around here at New Life, we do a lot of talking about like, what does it look like to share with people that we know? Uh, The discipleship pathway says, get to know people and then serve people that you know, and then share. And there's a, Mm -hmm. an implied context of these are people that we do know and Mm -hmm. we're in relationship with friends, yeah, friends that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as we think about that, there, there can be a lot of fears that come up, um, about the relationship with someone. So I'm wondering what, what are some of the fears that we, we think of in terms of that? Um, I, I feel insecure of, what if I share more about my faith with someone or I'm more open and then they decide they don't want to be friends anymore hmm. and I lose that relationship entirely. Yeah. I think of, um, when this happens a lot to me, if I, if I meet someone new and I'm at the beginning of, of starting a friendship or getting to know someone and they ask me, what do I do for a living? And I have to say in some form, I work for a church. Mm-hmm. I have fears of what they might be thinking about me based on their preconceived notions of what it means to oh, be yeah. a part of a church or to be a Christian. And so the fears I have are, what are the things that they already believe about me that aren't true? And the weird thing about that is that holds me back rather than being like, oh, great. If they think they might think so low of me, all I can do is exceed their expectations. <laughs> like that should be how I act. But for whatever reason, that's something that, you know, there's that fear of what people think about me just based on revealing that mm-hmm. I do follow Jesus. Like yeah. Attached to that is then do I walk the walk and talk the talk of like, never was I a better driver than when I drove a tiny orange pickup truck through Ann Arbor because everyone knew that was me. Mm -hmm. And so there's this idea of like, when everyone knows that you're a Christian, uh, people are looking for your choices. People are wondering how do you live your life? And so I think being open about my faith requires me to be willing to um, maintain my holiness better and to Mm -hmm. be willing to live under scrutiny in the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, you know, relational persecution in in some forms where people lose friendships over one person developing faith or, Mm -hmm. you know, in these conversations or someone, you know, leaving the church and how friendships can can really be affected by a difference in belief um, and how that might align with political beliefs or social beliefs. And uh, that's that's a sad thing to think about, um, that this might divide people in their friendships and change uh, so you might be inclined to kind of hide that lifestyle of following Jesus and, and set that aside when you enter into a friendship to protect that friendship because you want you mm-hmm. still want to have that friendship. You don't want to lose that. And so there's a fear of, yeah, of losing friendships too. Mm-hmm. Something else that, that comes to mind for me is just this idea of what if someone like overhears you in how how you're sharing what if someone takes away something from what you share with them that you don't actually intend mm-hmm. like 
I think that could look like some you sharing a truth of the gospel with someone and them taking away like, oh, this person has this judgment about who I am and mm-hmm. how I'm living. And yeah. like, obviously we don't want to do that. Like scripture tells us not to judge other people. Like the that God is ultimately the judge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a fear that can come up there of, uh, it's along the lines of what will people think about me, right? Um, or we don't want to be misunderstood. Yeah. Or misrepresented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that can come through obviously in someone that you don't know, but it, there's more of a cost for yeah. something like that with uh, someone that you do know and have, have relationship with. Mm. One thing that's helpful for me when I'm worried about feeling misunderstood is remembering that um, it's my story that I'm telling. It's my experience with God um, it's my testimony and the word root there is testify. So to tell about the truth, to tell about what he's done and it's true and it's real and it's mine. And I can do a good job at communicating who the Lord is to me. Even if we think back to like, I don't have all the answers for your questions, but I can tell you who the Lord is for me. And think when I'm doing that well, I feel less misunderstood and more confident in my sharing. Mm. Yeah. I can't, I can't control what other people think of me. Mm -mm. I can't do that. And sometimes I'll try by hiding or showing different parts of me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's honest. I don't think that's a real friendship. If what I want is a real, actual, good friendship with someone, yeah. it wouldn't be that. Requires risk, requires vulnerability, authenticity mm-hmm. to have a real friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think even as I think about this and then the question of what will people think about me, which is more of the the broader part, there there is a level of that of you in order for someone to like not think something about you as a Christian would mean that you're not sharing about that part of your life Mm. with them. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think you just said this, Ryan, but there's a part of what, what actually is that friendship? If something as important as following Jesus with all of your life is like not a part of it. Mm. And we've talked about on this podcast already, what it can look like to share well and not, uh, you know, be pushy and, and not talk about it too much to the point of people being like just turned off by that mm-hmm. and disinterested by that. Yeah. Um, not necessarily talking about going overboard, but if we're not talking about it at all, there's a portion of me that wonders, is that a real friendship where you're talking about the things that are really important? Um, and regardless of if someone responds positively, people tend to appreciate when someone shares something that's important to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to even share about it and someone can say, oh, I'm not that interested. That's not for me. But for you to do that and then remain friends, that that feels like the next uh, deeper level in a relationship that can be really good regardless of their response to the gospel. It's almost comforting to me when my pre-Christian friends will pick on me about different faith-related things. 
Um, so it's like, oh, we'd invite you, but this is what we're doing. And you probably don't want to come to that. <laughs> or um, they send you like funny memes and stuff that's related to like faith. Because then I'm like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And you know enough about me in my life to point out the differences in our choices. Mm-hmm. And you know enough about me and we're comfortable enough that you can also pick on me about it. Right. I mean, that's a form of witness. Like you can see the effect that it's having in your friendship. And if you can be secure about that and it doesn't, it may not be what you want for the friendship, but that's yeah. not what the Lord has. Like the Lord has that situation for you. And mm-hmm. Or, you know, people would say, well, we did it on Wednesday, but I know you have your discipleship group at that time. <laughs> and it's like, Great. That's great that you know my yeah. life enough yeah. to know that you couldn't, great. you didn't invite me to something. Yeah, that's really cool. Chandler, touching on something you were saying before, it's like, even if you had the courage to risk relationally, uh, be willing to enter in and, and want to have a kind of friendship that's more honest and open about those things, you were willing to, to risk the status quo of your friendship. There's this other prevailing idea, which is... I don't want to push anything on anyone. I don't want to, I don't want to say or, or tell someone that they need to live their life differently. Because if, if I say something about what I believe about heaven, hell, et cetera, there's in that silence after there's a, this moment of, well, what does that mean for this person? You know, do you believe I'm going to hell then? Do you believe my grandma who's so sweet is going to hell? Like there's these, these implications of sharing your faith Mm -hmm. that people I think can be afraid of entering into and Mm -hmm. having that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so there's this idea of, I think it's kind of funny. It's like, well, I want to be, I want to be loving to this person. I don't want them to feel bad or uncomfortable with how my beliefs might have an impact on the judgment of their life. Um, so I, I'm just not going to say anything like that's, that's like culturally speaking, that's the more loving thing to do is to not speak into anyone's life or suggest that they think or believe or act differently mm-hmm. in any way. And I think that's a whole nother layer of one of these kinds of fears that can hold people back. So there's a cultural understanding just in our world of we don't we don't speak into each other's you lives. You do you, boo. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's very true. I mean, I have even even my friends who are I'm guessing a lot of people listening would be able to relate with this. Even my friends who do follow Jesus explicitly, it can be hard to pursue conversations with that really offer challenge. Yeah. Um and it can be awkward at times to receive that. It's just a, so that's where it doesn't even exist just across believing or not believing it. That's just a cultural thing. So even within the church, I think there's a problem of not being willing to have hard conversations because making people like making people uncomfortable in any way is kind of not allowed culturally. What if you're uncomfortable and then you stop loving me and then you stop spending time with me? you tell other people mm-hmm. this about me, it kind of can snowball. And yeah. so then it's safer to say nothing or to agree. Yeah. But biblically, is that accurate? I'm guessing the answer is no. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to imagine being in those moments. And I think I felt that impulse to agree with someone. Like, I'm guessing other people have been here too, where someone says something and 
you like nod your head and you say, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you think, and then you're like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a more pervasive cultural problem in my, in my experience, but we, we have the news that is the hope of eternal life. All of what people truly and deeply want in this world, all those things point to their need to know the one who made them, mm-hmm. the one who died for them, to know mm-hmm. Jesus. And that's the most loving thing we can do is to share that with people. And it's just, I want to say it's funny, but it's honestly more sad that we have this view that it's actually more loving to not say anything and let them keep living their lives, whether they're someone who doesn't follow Jesus um, and is looking for life and things that can't eternally satisfy, or I mean, even just people in the church we can't pursue a conversation with because we don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation or make someone uncomfortable or offend someone. That's problematic to me. Yeah. It's like, you know, things that I love about the Lord are that he can rescue, heal, redeem, and restore and work with sheep who are helpless and harassed. And I know how they could receive healing, how they could be restored, how they could be made whole. Mm -hmm. And if I choose to keep that to myself, am I really loving them well? Yeah. So we're we're starting to transition to kind of the the big idea that that we've talked about being important for for overcoming these fears mm-hmm. a little bit here, um, and we can get get into that. But I wanted to circle back to our our prompt of for someone who and maybe this isn't the answer to it, and it's a a good transition that we came up with accidentally. But for someone who is experiencing these relational fears when it comes to sharing the gospel. What what are truths of the gospel for them? How do we remain in the gospel? I mean, I just think of the fact that many, many years ago, Jesus died on the cross. What what he did that back then? Um, the, the gospel is, is something that's that's been done. It's sitting there available, and Jesus is has his hand outstretched, waiting for people to accept him accept the gift. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is putting himself relationally on the line for people all the time. Mm-hmm. God came here to earth and he made the place. Like he made the place, like all people were made through him, like John one, but, but the world, they didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't recognize him. They didn't believe the truth about him. He was telling them about the way the world was meant to be, the way humans were meant to be and how we were called to live. And people didn't understand him. They rejected him. So I just think of someone who's willing to go through so much relational strife and and conflict and being unseen and to the point of being killed when he made all the rules and all the people like Jesus did not deserve to die, but he he gave up his own his entire life for us. Um, that gives me like, that's the God I follow. And it makes me think maybe I can also be willing to sacrifice and, and join him in his sufferings, being willing to lay my life down like he did for the sake of other people. Am I willing to give up my relational capital and risk friendship for the sake of other people getting to experience eternal life? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the God we follow. If we're, if we're yeah. Christians, if we're little Christ, that's, that's what we're supposed to be like. 
And, and I, I feel convicted by that and I want to do that. Yeah. And that reminds me too, and this transitions well into, um, yeah, kind of how we want to wrap this up, but yeah, someone might even think about like, what was the loving thing for Jesus to do to die? Or at least was the, the fair thing for Jesus to do to die. Mm. Uh, it's not fair to him for sure. Um, but I think his willingness to do that, to, to physically die, uh, and we can kind of translate that to the idea of our willingness to die to ourselves and even mm-hmm. to our fears mm-hmm. and, and give up these potential, uh, or think through, am I willing to take this risk with this fear that I have? Because we know that eternal life is on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Jesus knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew that he was going to suffer, and that mm-hmm. he was going to die, but he knew that eternal life was on the other side. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Yeah. And so for us, as we we go and, and, and we suffer a bit for the sake of our friends, knowing the gospel, uh, we, we remember that eternal life is on the other side, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, for them. Uh, and, and there's a part of it for us too, of like, we want to be in eternity with, with this person as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that means is that we have to think about the other person before us and try and redefine what, actually is loving in mm-hmm. that relationship and um, yeah ryan i know that you had some thoughts about that of of what we think is loving what even culture thinks is loving mm-hmm. versus what what is actually loving for a person yeah i mean you're you're touching on this but if you go into a friendship and your main concern is what you get out of the friendship like maintaining the status quo of the friendship it being a certain way what you want that's that's kind of inherently Mm self-centered that's i don't want my relationship to change with someone for my like if it's for your sake that's that's inherently self-centered and not self-sacrificing that can't that can't be loving especially when there's something better for that person that you could offer but you're not doing it because you want to maintain the kind of friendship that you have with them, or you don't want to feel uncomfortable. All, all those things, they, they have the guise of being loving, of not putting someone in an uncomfortable position or risking a, a perfectly fine friendship, but that's not actually loving. It's, it's ironically self-seeking, but it, it's like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I think that's the cultural promise of no, no, life will be better. It's not good to be uncomfortable. It's not good to have hard conversations. It's not good to suggest that there's there's a better way out there. Um, that's and the culture says this wouldn't just be great, but it's just not true, and it's it's not actually good. It's not actually loving. It's not what Jesus did. It's not how he lived. Like imagine imagine if Jesus did that. If he was like, no, you guys are fine. <laughs> like it's you no, know, just keep you do you. It's gonna be great and. Man, we might be in a in a sheltered part of the world where there you might not experience the deep depths of brokenness constantly around you, but there's plenty of it uh, all around in our own hearts and all around the world. And I think God is just like so much more loving where he's like, this sin problem can't remain. Like it, it can't remain. It's got to be done away with. And 
I'm going to do whatever, everything I can to get rid of it. And that's what he did. He came and he died for us. So I don't know. It's just not preserving the status quo of that relationship is not, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not what Jesus did. So I'm just compelled by that. I think if I put it into like day to day kind of thoughts, like we've all probably had a friend who dated someone that everyone but them knew was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a good friend if I don't point out that this person that you're considering making your life partner in a covenant before the Lord is not a good fit for you mm-hmm. or is not um, the quality of person that you should maybe be dating. It's not loving to let them enter into a disastrous marriage or a relationship that's yeah. unhealthy or unsafe. Yeah. And the loving thing to do is the uncomfortable thing of like, hey, we should talk about this person that you're dating. Yeah, I mean, the the Lord has you close enough to people and ha- and you have the access to have that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to imagine like a world in which God didn't y- y- speak to me, mm-hmm. didn't get my attention, didn't discipline and teach me how to follow him and just let me figure it out on my own. Yeah. I don't want that. No. I'm I'm someone who needs to be taught consistently time and time again what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it looks like to repent of brokenness in my life mm-hmm. that I don't know about. Uh, I need to be called to live courageously to repent of the brokenness in my life that I do know about. And that's only going to happen by people close enough to me willing to do that. And so I think it's really hard to want to speak into anyone's life courageously if you don't also recognize that that you need that too Mm -hmm. because if you know that you need it then you're going to be more willing i think to offer to others and that's just the truth and that kind of cuts away at the cultural like oh do you think that you know everything and you're imposing your like right beliefs on other people and it's what's great is that's just me acknowledging my weakness and that i need someone outside of me to save me in jesus and you probably do too and then you're offering something to mm-hmm. someone. You're not forcing something in any way. And I think that's loving because Jesus is the same thing. He offers eternal life, right? He doesn't force it. And so that's like more in line with what is yeah. what is loving than silence. It's a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a conversation with a friend. Short, It was great. Shortly after I learned all these tools and, and how to share the gospel, um, I'm, I'm not an incredibly uh, go out and share the gospel a ton of times person by nature. But after I had that equipping and I caught a vision, I actually saw people start following Jesus that didn't before for the first time. And I was like, wait a minute, this can actually change people's lives. Like I'm going to go tell people about this. So I remember going home, share the gospel with as many friends as I could. And I remember one of them I, I sat down with, and we just got to the point in the conversation. And I, I, I can't even believe that, that I said this because it just felt so relationally vulnerable. But I just said, I, I want to be in heaven with you, to be honest. Like, I just believe this is true. I want to like be in heaven with you. Um, and after the conversation, they were like, I'm, I'm just not there. I don't, I don't believe those things here. Here's what, you know, something holding me back. But they like thanked me for the conversation mm-hmm. because what was clear is they've actually been told the gospel before in a way that was kind of that forceful imposing kind of thing. And they didn't like it, but they were like, you, you do it differently. And I, what was clear was I think my love for that person came across and it was worth it. That's great. That is a great story. Um, yeah. The, the love that you had for that person does clearly come through in that. Um, 
and yeah, the culture around us can, can tell us one thing about what's loving, but to redefine what's actually loving in the context of the gospel, Mm -hmm. in the context of people's true need for Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, that, that can help us to get over these fears, Mm -hmm. all these fears that we've been talking about. Um, and we talked about some of the more practical ways as we talked about those fears, but that's a way to kind of wrap this all together. And it just made me think of, of first John chapter four, verse 18. And it says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Um, and so as we think about the, the fears that we have with sharing, um, we should remember that that the perfect love of of God that he has for us and that he wants to show through us mm-hmm. actually casts out these fears mm-hmm. that we have about sharing. Um, and Ryan, you wrote down this note, uh, and I want you to share this line because you said it when we were planning for this. Yeah. In, in the end, as, as we were discussing this podcast and these topics, uh, it hit me. We don't, we don't have a proclaiming the gospel problem. We don't have a proclaiming the gospel problem. We have a loving people problem. This problem is more pervasive than just not sharing the gospel with people. It's actually consist. It's, it's consistently not loving people when we, when we have self-centered attitudes towards trying to preserve relationships for ourselves or preserve our image or our security and, and knowing or not knowing enough information this is this is problematic in any kind of relationship within the church as well of of not choosing to love people and give give up our lives for the sake of other people like jesus did and so if we if we are willing to love people and lay our lives down for the sake of other people like jesus did that would result in proclaiming the gospel and it would result in sharing truths of the gospel and admonishment and encouragement to our brothers and sisters in christ we'd be a more loving presence more christ-like in any environment and that would result in helping by by offering people that that gift of salvation that jesus is offering them telling them about that if we're willing to give up of ourselves like jesus i think that's what he wants I don't think Jesus wants us to just go yell at people and try to convince people. That's not like what he did. He he welcomed people. He invited people on a relational journey of learning more about what's true. And I think he he wants us to be like him and, and follow him, being willing to give up our lives for the sake of others. Yeah, that's great. So we we don't have a proclaiming the gospel problem. We have a loving people problem. But thankfully, we have a, a savior who is the like God is love. Amen. Yeah. So we have a solution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd encourage anybody who's listening, if you feel convicted by that at all, to to bring that before the Lord in prayer and reflect on it a bit, because um, mm-hmm. I think it's true, um, and it can it can feel harsh. I, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it can be true, which is kind of the whole point of everything that we're even talking about right now mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, the the way to love someone can be to to bring truth uh, and it it can hurt sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'd encourage reflecting on that, thinking mm-hmm. about that for, for your own life mm-hmm. um, and how perfect love of God can help us overcome our fears. Um, which can help us with wanting to proclaim the gospel more. Mm-hmm. Ryan, would you 
mind praying for us, praying for the people who are listening to this podcast that we would be bold and courageous, yeah. rooted in the Lord and his purposes and just um, send us out strong. Yeah, absolutely. I can do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you, would you help us? Um, we need your help. Lord, we, we repent of the ways that we fail to love people. Lord, would you reveal to us somehow the, the ways that we fail to love people, that we actually think we are being loving to people, but we're really not. Lord, would you help us to look to you and, and, and view your life and how you chose to live it um, to inspire us for courage, to be like you, to be willing to lay down our very lives for the sake of others. Maintaining the status quo and keeping everything comfortable is not the good news of the gospel. That's not what you did. There, there are things that needed to change, Lord, and there are things that still need to change in us. So would you help our, help our hearts in the ways that we have succumbed to the yeah, the, the cultural power of just you do you and just not, not wanting to cause any waves. Lord, would you, would you make us courageous people who are able to stand secure in your love? Um, Lord, stand secure in your love because your love is perfect and, and your perfect love casts out fear. Lord, would you cast out fear in our lives in these ways or give us the courage to, to overcome those fears in faith with you? And Lord, would, would you let our love of other people and the love we show other people also, also just like cast out fear for other people. Um, would you help our conversations as we, as we pursue them, as we use these, these tools and the equipping that we received through this podcast? Um, would you, would you help to, us to use them in a way that is loving and that casts out the fears that are holding people back from choosing to follow you? Lord, may they point people to you and ultimately to follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks everybody for joining us for these six equipping living scent podcasts. We are praying for you. We're cheering you on and it's been an honor to, to have these conversations with you. Yes. Thank you, Sarah Marie for joining me. Thank you, Chandler for joining me and Ryan. Thanks for joining us today to thanks talk about me. this last topic. Really grateful.